Good evening and welcome along to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. And every Tuesday we're joined by Liam Kennedy from the Shields Gazette. Good evening, Liam. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, back to actual football today, which gives us something totally different to talk about. We're going to win the league. We're going to win the league. Ah, <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Uh, well, obviously, those of you who don't know, uh, Andy Carroll was on target uh, within six minutes of the game. It's his first goal for God knows how long. Uh, Christian, uh, Christian Atsu, he notched as well. Uh, and Federico Fernandez scored. Um, but as with every cloud at Newcastle, it tends to have a grey lining, not a silver lining. And uh, we've lost, by the looks of it, uh, Dwight Gale uh, limping off after only 20 minutes. And uh, Barleza reappearing in his place. So... Bad news that uh, the team, if anyone is interested, that started the game was Gillespie, obviously our new goalkeeper, Kraft, Lascelles, Clark, Dummett, Murphy, Hayden, um, Barleza, St. Maximin, Almiron and Carroll. Second half, we ended up with Darlow in goal, Yedlin, Fernandez, Lejeune, Manquillo, Savi, Longstaff, Shelby, Atsu, Sean Longstaff and Gale, I think I've got them the wrong way around. Barleza came on after that. But yeah, I mean, friendlies, friendlies, Liam. Um, they're there to be, you know, there to blow the cobwebs out. It doesn't matter who who you're playing against. I think we uh, we covered this last uh, on Monday night with the girls. Obviously, it's difficult to organise friendlies during lockdown. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's a win. It's a 3-0 win against a team a couple of divisions below. And, you know, who play Sunderland. Uh, let's not let's not forget that. Um, but we scored, we scored goals. We kept a clean sheet. But obviously, losing Dwight Gale is a bit of a concern. Yeah, everything in pre-season, as long as you pick up, uh, pick up wins and, and results, then it's a positive. Because you want to go into the season on a little bit of a run. Um, Newcastle ended the season really quite badly. Um, and I always worry about teams, whether it's Newcastle or otherwise. Um, finishing a season badly because that momentum tends to run into the season. I think that'll be more prevalent now um, given the, the short length of the summer as well. Um, the teams might might struggle to shake that form in the back end of last season. So it's good to get a result. But we've known this throughout uh, Dwight Gale's time on Tyneside. Even that goal-laden season in the Championship, he was in and out with injuries in the second half of the season. Um, and that's the biggest concern. I put a tweet out the day before the injury saying, even with Dwight Gale, um, fully fit. Newcastle United must be more mental than I thought they were if they think they can go into this season without signing a striker because that is not anywhere near a good enough um, Premier League forward line. Dwight Gale, remember, is a player that we've, we've almost been trying to replace since Rafa Benitez was here. He signed him to get United up. He got United up. Um, had a season where he was in and out of Hosselu that season, the uh, first year, and, and we knew we needed to replace him and upgrade and, and uh, Benitez worked so hard to do that and we've never really upgraded permanently since. So if we're now suddenly in a point where Steve Bruce thinks, oh, I'll well, actually score a few goals at the end of the season, I can maybe rely on Dwight Gale. I think today would have been the kick up the backside for him because we know Dwight Gale doesn't stay fit. Um, he's not getting any younger. Um, these injuries just seem to be cropping up constantly. And let's remember, that's a large part of the reason why he was un unselectable last season was because he was injured for most of it. Um, yeah. He was back fit after lockdown, did well. There isn't, there hasn't been any news on that so far. It could easily have been precautionary. We could, I don't want to jump off a cliff with it yet and say yeah. that it's some kind of big injury because we don't know that. Um, but the fact the club put the tweet out saying he, limp, he limped off wasn't wasn't a great look. Um, and we'll just have to wait and see. 
Um, he is literally the only striker that we've got. We don't have. I know Andy Carroll scored a day and he scored a fantastic goal, actually. Um, but what I would say is between the other three, looking at last season alone, that's Carroll, Muto, and Joe Linton. You couldn't really make a goal score out with putting the three of them together. So Newcastle have got a real worry here. And I mentioned Muto there. And he's not the only one. Christine Atsu scored today as well. There's a number of players. Jacob Murphy played. There's, there's quite a few players that are on the books at Newcastle. And Dwight Gale probably falls into that category as well. That they're, they're kind of stuck with him. Newcastle are finding it quite difficult to, to shift these players on. Um, and, and signings will probably be dependent on that largely as well, with the budget being so tight. Now, Is that because of the wages, Liam? Because of the wages they're on? Dwight Gale's definitely the wages, yeah. Dwight Gale, Dwight Gale got... Uh, he got a little bit of a pay bump when he was sent down to West Brom. Um, and I think that's something that's made it even more difficult for United to, to shift him on. Um, he didn't want to go to West Brom when Rafa did that deal with Rondon. He wanted to stay. And to be honest, in an ideal world, Rafa wanted to keep Gale on Tyneside as well as a backup to Rondon. But the, the only way he could get that Rondon deal done, because they wouldn't pay the $16.5 million or whatever it was, release clause at the time, was to send Gale the other way. Gale didn't want to go. They had to negotiate a new contract. It wasn't an extension, but it was a, a little bit of a bump in his wages. And it's a massive amount for any team in the championship wanting to sign him. Um, so it's no surprise he's here but it's strange because he's got a year left on his deal um, which is a significant deal he'll not get that money again at Newcastle you wouldn't think um, he'll not get the money elsewhere but he's going to end up going for free in the summer they could have got 15 million from last summer it's it's a, it's a crazy situation I mean it's a good job they didn't because they relied on him at the end of the season his goals probably just kept the head above water enough to not really be worrying um, but yeah I, th- I think it's, it's a concern like I said I put something out there today Striker situation. If you've got, I don't know the budget, I'm going to be honest, but if it's 30 million, if it's 35 million, whatever it may be, you have to spend the majority of that. Now, let's, let's sort of understand here he uses wages, signing on fees, etc., all into the package, but you've got to spend 80% of that on getting a striker in. We're so desperate for goals in this team. They've really got to push the boat out and try. And I'm not saying push the boat out and overspend. Spend within their means, but they've got to get the best they can get with the money they've got because this isn't good enough. And if Gale's injured going into the season, we're only a few weeks away from the first competitive game. If we're going in that with Joe Linton leading the line and uh, Muto, expecting Muto to come off the bench in Carroll, then I think we're in big trouble. I really do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's desperate times, really is. And uh, I know some people are saying, let's just concentrate on the football tonight, forget the takeover, but it's very difficult. And questions coming in, is there something still going on in the background? I mean, it's our understanding, Liam, that, you know, yes, there is something going on in the background and that, you know, there's, uh, you know, it, a lot of things happening, you know, just seen, you know, Mad, Mad Mike Mark, uh, the mag there going on about the, the comments that... Um, came out of the UEFA president, uh, Alexander Seferin, uh, the other day, who said he had no issue with sovereign wealth funds and state-linked, uh, there it is, uh, sovereign wealth funds and state-linked money coming into football as long as financial regulations are observed. So he also said, uh, if it's within the regulation, I'm not concerned since we distribute almost 90% of all the money back to the national associations and clubs. He went on to say, I'd love to have even more revenues because it is good for the development of football. Uh, there's a lot of things like that happening, piracy being tackled, comments like that coming from your wafer. Is it, that, is it a coincidence, that, or do you think it's all part and parcel of, you know, things which are going on in the background? Look, I would I would probably wouldn't say the UEFA 
uh, comments from Seferin are necessarily related to Newcastle United in some ways. They are because he's talking about sovereign wealth funds and state money. But I think it was more focused at PSG being in the Champions League final, um, the Qatari-owned uh, model they've got there. Um, obviously, we've seen uh, controversies in the, uh, with uh, with regards um, bans for Man City, etc., and overturned. I think he was more talking in, at that level at this at this point. Um, I know there's what a French club, Paris FC, have also seen Bahrain sovereign wealth fund by twenty percent. There has been little bits and bobs across Europe all over. Um, but I think, I think, why would you turn down money? Like you said, it makes sense for this kind of money to flood into the game, and then it only spreads out. And in Europe, which is what he represents, is a stronger has got a stronger set of nations, a stronger set of leagues, and that can only be a good thing for for football essentially. And that's kind of what he was saying. Um, it, it, it's a no brainer. We've gone over this a million times before. Um, in that sense, that it seems strange the Premier League would knock back this money, but obviously there's controversies that go with it. He wasn't specifically talking about sovereign wealth funds that have got a history of piracy and that some people around the bush, the Saudis have. Um, and I don't think they thought um, all these years ago when they, they went down this road that it would maybe bite them in the backside with regards to buying an English Premier League club. But it kind of feels like it has. Um, are things going on in the background? Like you said, Steve, yeah, we, we believe they are. And you know what? I've had a lot of people come at me today on Twitter actually saying, well, what are you saying that for? What, what are you having a... What you getting people's hopes up for? I, I don't want to get anybody's hopes up. That's not my, not my job. I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not out there to to sort of lead you down the garden path as some others may. Um, I'm honest, and if I hear something, I'll pass that on to you guys. Um, and that's that's the best thing I can do. I think in my job is if I because if I was on the other side as I have been for a long a long time as a fan, I'd want to hear every little bit involved that somebody heard and they could tell us. So that's what I try and do. I'm not trying to lead anyone down the garden path, but. Things are going on, um, and they're probably going on the best way they possibly could. In a way, we all wish this had happened in the first place. Everybody's hush hush, get it done. Either get it done or get to a point where you can say, "Sorry, it's not going to happen," and walk away. Don't we don't mm. want this played out in public, etc. I would love, I would love the buyers to come out and give everybody um, some clarity. <clears throat> hey, we're still in this, and we're still fighting for this takeover, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, but I would, I would. I think the best way to do this is it's a business deal. Just talk behind the scenes. Let's not have the leaks. And if it can get done, get it done. Get it done quietly. Mike Ashley always said that, didn't he? He said there'll be a takeover. If there's a takeover done here, it'll be like Man City. You'll not know about it, then you will. I'd love this one to do. I'd love this one to, to be done that way from now on in. We can't we can't right to the wrongs of previously, but it would be great just to wake up one day in a month's time or whatever it may be. And it's a yes or a no, and that's fine. And then we know. But I think I think it's difficult giving a run and comment when everybody's kind of hush hush, keeping it quiet and doing the job they should have done in the first place. That's not particularly a criticism of them. Mm-hmm. I understand why you would want to get that message out in your Castle United fans, because we've been starved of success and starved of hope and uh, passion at this football club for so long. I can see why you would want to ignite that again, and, and I think in a weird kind of way that it has really ignited the Castle United fan base. This, it's set fires off again, which is what needed to happen because for too long it's been it's been just a malaise. It's been a really difficult to watch football team, a fan base with losing its passion, just seeing it ebb and drain away by the yeah. day. Um, and I think this takeover has brought it together in some ways. And let's just see them get it done now. Either get it done or, or come out in a month's time, however long these negotiations may take, and just say, well, well we tried, we couldn't get it. You, you did your best and we can't thank you enough. Um, but we couldn't do it. We tried and we might be back or we won't. That's fine. Um, but let them let them get their business done behind the scenes because I'm going to find it difficult to, to provide a running commentary 
um, on this when when everybody's so quiet. But but I don't see that as a bad thing. As I've said, um, some people do. Some people want uh, updates every day. I get the messages on Twitter. I get I get the, the ads, and I can't. It, it, things happen, and, and I'm not I'm not one to say when they do and when they don't. Um, but if I hear anything, I'll always let you know. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And let's hope things are working away in the background. Julie's asking, you know, what, what do we make of um, the news coming out of Greece? Um, Christ, to get, <laughs> I wish these were in charge of the takeover. That's what I wish. Um, they, they, they've more or less arrested him, um, you know, interviewed him, charged him, and then found him guilty. Uh, just just off the BBC website here, uh, Maguire's brother Joe uh, and Christopher Sharman uh, also appeared in court uh, today, Joe Maguire has been found guilty of repeated bodily harm, violence against public employees and attempted bribery. Sharman has been found guilty of insult, repeated bodily harm, violence against public employees. And Harry Maguire has been found guilty of repeated bodily harm, attempted bribery, violence against public employees and insult after his arrest on the Greek island of Mykonos. Um, wow. <laughs> uh that's uh, that's some list of, of charges, and he's been found guilty. And now, obviously, he's not there, so he'll not be having any Greek porridge tomorrow morning, but there's going to be a, a rumbling now, isn't there? And obviously, Gareth Southgate named his England team, and he's in it. Yeah, Gareth Southgate was quite, uh, quite strong with his message today that he would stand by the Manchester United captain. Um, the... Without knowing the full uh, legal details of the case, it's impossible for me to say I'm going to put my journalist hat on here and play straight back. It's impossible for me to get into all the detail with regards to that. But purely looking at the um, results from the courtroom today, it's not really a very good look for, for an England footballer and for um, the Manchester United captain. But as I always say in these kind of things, there are two sides to every story. And until every side of the story has been told, I think it's unfair to make any kind of judgment on this. Yeah, it's a fair point. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, Gareth Southgate's been told a different story by Harry Maguire. I know, um, you know, I've seen plenty of horror stories on um, in books and, and, and you know, on documentaries banged up abroad. You know, I've watched quite a few of them over the years. And a lot of people just, you know, just basically found guilty when it's you know, quite clear that they weren't. But yeah, two sides of every story um, would be interesting to see, um, you know, how that all pans out. I'm just glad it's not a Newcastle player. Yeah. Um, Mike Stewart says, why can't we give M uh, Muto at least a chance? Yeah, it, it seems to be a running theme and I've not really I've not really picked up on it on the show. But, you know, somebody, you know, somebody said that last night. We had it on Sunday with the, the worldwide show. All of these you can find on the channel, guys uh, and girls, if you fancy, uh, you know, looking back over past shows. But yeah, Muto, I mean, it just doesn't didn't float Rafa's boat and then hasn't impressed Bruce, has he? No, um there was a little conversation that was had with Benitez a little while back, and he talked about Muto, um, and and he really liked the type of player that he was. He worked hard, um, he was reasonably intelligent, got in decent positions, but um, didn't score goals. And, and Benitez almost thought of him as a player that if he scored goals, he wouldn't be signing for Newcastle. It just doesn't look like it's worked for him in the Premier League. I, I, from what I've seen of him, I've seen very little to suggest that he'd be worth any kind of long-term run in the side. He's lightweight. He's um, doesn't really look like he's got a, an instinct to score goals. He got the odd one. He scored uh, against Leicester in the League Cup last season. Um, but no, I, I, the, you've got to remember, 
we see what we see on a Saturday, Wednesday night, whatever it may be. The managers, whether you think they're good, bad or indifferent, see these players every single day. They see every session. They see the work they're doing in the gym. They monitor the numbers, the statistics, the how hard they're working. And that's what they make decisions on. They don't just make a decision on a whim saying, oh, well, he had a good five minutes on Saturday. I'm going to start on this weekend. It doesn't happen like that. They, they analyse these things. So you kind of have to have faith and wonder that that's two managers haven't really fancied him. Then it'd be a shock to see him come back from this. I know for a fact they've been really trying to trying to get rid of him. Um, but he's another one that he's on a good he's on a good pot of money. Um, he's got a, a couple of years left on his contract, I think, from memory. Um, and I think Newcastle looked like they're stuck with him as has been stuck. I seen uh, Henri Saive uh, got some minutes today. He's got no future at all at Newcastle United, but they just can't shift him. Um, I always liked him as well. When he's played, he's not let with down. Actually, you know, uh, under Rafa, he played a couple of times, and uh, you know, he looks as if he's got something about him, but just never given a chance, really. Yeah, and again, he's another player that I would I would go back to what I said about Muto. These managers see these players day in day out. They know exactly what they're about, um, and I'm sure if he had really had the ability to change games or, or looked incredible in training, I'm sure Steve Bruce would give him a chance. But it, it just quite clearly isn't isn't that way. Um, mm-hmm. I think we saw Steve Bruce make some quite interesting decisions last summer. I don't think he's scared to make big decisions because he had Jack Colback give him his debut at Sunderland. Looked all set. I know for a fact up till two days before the end of the transfer window, he was all set to be named in the 25-man squad. And then Bruce had to pull aside a lad who he's known since he was a teenager and say, no, sorry, you're not, you're not going to be involved. He did the same with the likes of, he signed Lazar and Aaron's and everybody kind of thought, oh, well, he signed them for Sheffield Wednesday. He's about to give them a chance again at Newcastle. No, he didn't. He made these kind of big decisions. So it wouldn't shock me if Bruce looked at Saivi or, or Jacob Murphy, for example, and said, you know what, maybe he's a, I'm, I'm going to change this. I'm going to bring you back in. He's never shown any remote uh, interest in bringing Saivi back. Um, Jacob Murphy could be, could be one that... That, that could be um, brought into the squad. But the one caveat I would say with that is that um, Jacob Murphy will probably be wanted by quite a few clubs this summer because of, he done okay in the Championship last season. We've seen Rangers interested. Um, I'm sure other clubs in the Championship will probably take him back in a heartbeat. Um, and I think if Newcastle United have got to trim players who won't be in that 25 out, Murphy's probably one of those that, that they could find takers for, where an Atsu, for example, might be difficult. Yeah, just a question on the screen there from Adam. Hi, Adam, mate. Uh, he joins us usually on a Sunday for the Worldwide Show. Muto and Joe Linton not at the training camp. Any idea why? No, no, I, I, I don't know any any reason as to why. There's not been anything um, anything given to me uh, with regards to that. Um, no suggestion that either of them are, are leaving the club or anything like that either. Um, I'm assuming if they're not at the training camp, which is not something they've been put to me, um, that it'll probably just be an injury or, or some other something related to that. Potentially even might be something to do with the way they've travelled and when they've arrived back. Could potentially be some kind of quarantine, which I know was the case uh, with some other players. That, that was. I want to mention that about uh, Jeff Hendrick. Um, you all out there were like, well, how long is this medical taking, etc. Um, basically, he went, he went, he went away, um, had a holiday, and he was he was um, having a quarantine for fourteen days, as everyone else, everyone who's doing the same does. Um, and that was the only reason why he couldn't join the squad when he when he um, first 
signed a deal effectively, which was last week. Um, you had to wait until Sunday before you could join in with the rest of the players, or Monday, was it? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's, it, it's not always straightforward. It's not always you think, oh, the club are taking ages over this. Sometimes with this, with COVID, etc., there is protocol that you have to follow. Um, and that, that could easily be, easily be the case with Muto and Joel Linton, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, always always a concern when Joel Linton gets injured. Um, Jack Jeter, where's this imminent statement from Mike? Come on, Liam. Have you been on the phone? I don't think it's coming. Right, OK. So Ian Murta, for those of you who don't know what he's going on about, Ian Murta uh, ra- ran a story to say that um, Ashley was, was going to put something out there um, to say that uh, Henry Maurice and others were tyre kickers, wasting his time, weren't genuine bids, whatever you want to say. And we're still waiting. It hasn't come. No, no, I, I, and I don't, from what I'm led to believe, I don't think it is due to, to come anytime soon. Um, I think Mike actually will say something. Um, but I suspect it would only be uh, something when all avenues have been explored with regard to the Saudi uh, PCP Rubens bid. Um, I don't think he's going to do anything um, to harm that because he wants to sail as much as anybody. I think his actions this week with regards to Fraser's group buying out some of DW Sports, Dave Whelan, his, old, his big rival, buying out some of his gyms and his uh, retailers, just shows exactly where Mike Ashley's heart is at. That's why he wants this money. He wants this money because he wants to spend it on what he loves and what he knows, which is the retail side of things. Um, he wants to buy up. He wants to buy at the high street. He said that himself before. His, his own businesses are struggling. He wants to plug gaps, but he also wants to expand. Um, you've got to think of this in, in a sense that the smart business people look upon uh, situations like COVID or, or outbreaks, pandemics, etc., cetera, as, as real opportunities, um, opportunities to take up um, a solid position in the market. And I think Mike Ashley, with regards to High Street, when he's saying administrations left, right and centre, uh, we'll see that as a real, now's my chance to buy these um, assets, which I didn't think were available before. Um, and we've known before that Ashley likes parking his, uh, what, was it, what was the description? Parks his car on uh, someone else's lawn. I think Parks his tanks. Yeah, Parks his yeah, tanks. Yeah. Parks his tanks, that's it. Yeah, so I think he's been doing, I think, I think he's seen the opportunity with DW there and thought, right, I'm not missing this one. But that shows what he wants to do. He wants this, he wants this 300, 305 million. He wants it now because he wants to spend it on the high street. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the one reason that we hope that this goes through and, and, and he hopes it goes through as well, ultimately, because he, he does need the money. He's, he wants to purchase the rest of the high street. We're seeing questions here about strikers. Does, any, does Liam know any strikers that Newcastle are looking at? Uh, Tom Dixon, are we looking at any permanent deals as opposed to loan mm-hmm. deals? And um, Bizwidget uh, asks, is there any truth to the Patrick Schick rumours to NUFC? Any, any info you can give us on any of that? Well, the Patrick Schick one's an interesting one because he is a player that they've monitored the scouting team for quite some time. It's not one that's just come up this summer. It's been one that they looked at last summer, one they looked at um, in January as well. Um, but there are a lot of clubs interested in Patrick Schick. Um, there's been a lot of talk um, in transfer circles regards uh, Bayer Leverkusen, and that could potentially be one that, that comes off. A return to RB Leipzig is not out the question either, um, but he's a player that Roma want to, want to sell. He's a 22, 22 million striker, according to the Daily Mail. I've seen that today. I didn't know the figure, but is that really only Cassinetti going to spend that in the current situation? 
I've got serious doubts they will, but I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't argue with it. If you've got 30 million, 35 million, just go and, like I said before, go and spend 80% of that on a striker. There's been links. The Chris Wood one came up a couple of weeks ago, um, and there was a figure of 13 million mentioned. He's a 30 million pound striker. He's a lad who scores double figures in the Premier League. They don't come for 13 million. Just doesn't happen no matter what age they are, because everybody in this division is looking for the same players. And if you can get a player who's guaranteed to score goals in the top division, you're on an absolute winner. Um, so, no, I'd be very surprised with somebody like him. Callum Wilson's one that keeps creeping up. Uh, there's a real fire sale going on uh, at Bournemouth. Um, but again, he's a player that I expected, if if he were to leave, he'll probably end up somewhere like Tottenham, um, who are very, very interested in the player. Um, Josh King, another one who probably 10 of the 20 clubs in the Premier League would happily take and are actively looking to sign. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I mentioned earlier in the summer, Luka Jovic, and that's it might not be the, the name that ends up in Newcastle, but it could be the nature of the deal. So I think I think what strikers don't come cheap, and, and this is me just stringing some dots together. And if you haven't got a lot of money, you're probably going to be looking in the loan market. And what I would suggest is that loans probably tend to happen a little bit later in the window um, when strikers realise they're not going to be in and we're going to shift him on and move, etc. So I think I think Newcastle will probably be in the, in the, in the market for a loan striker. Um, and I wouldn't rule out Luka Jovic. He was a name mentioned to me right in the start of summer. But probably 20, 30 clubs in Europe are looking at the same player. The same goes for Patrick Schick. The same goes for any other name that you mention. Um, because goal scorers are coming at a premium. Um, and, and the ones that don't get sold will be the ones that head out on loan. Um, and that could be the market that Newcastle get their best value um, is signing a player on, on a, a short-term loan. But I was, I was really... Um, it's not something I'd heard, but it, it was a report that I read recently with regards uh, wanting to sign loan players, uh, having to pay percentages um, rather than paying the full wages. That really concerned me. If if you want a decent player on loan, you just have to go and sign the player and pay the wages. If you only want to pay 50%, you, you're going to get a certain type of player. Um, and we really don't want to go down that route. Uh, not this season, because it felt like we're on the cusp of something at the start of the summer, and you never know that deal's not dead. Um, to be facing up a relegation at the end of the season will be the biggest kick in the backside we've seen in a long time here. Um, that would take that would be some come down this season if we end up end up there. And I think Newcastle have got to really push the ball out for Australia. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Ryan Fraser again, Kyle Johnson asking uh, about that. Is that you know is that back on before we we'll go back to takeover stuff? Um, I don't know. It's not one. I, it's not one I'd heard. It's kind of gone quiet on the Ryan Fraser front. Um, he's a player. I've mentioned this on here before. He's, he's a player that Newcastle really liked. They offered a contract to um, earlier, well, towards the end of the season, a pre-contract to get him tied up before he could talk to anybody else. Um, he knocked that back, um, and what we are where we are. I think he was expecting a move um, to one of the top six clubs, probably as a squad player then. But I think he fancied his chances. Um, he's 26, 27. Probably a really big move for him. Uh, before heading to somewhere like a palace or, or wherever, but that hasn't materialised for him. And um, this is the market we're in. Um, he's a player who's interested in a lot of clubs in and around the same bracket as Newcastle, um, and would be an excellent signing. But unfortunately, I don't know whether how I don't know how far forward we are with that. Um, he's a player that the scouting team and the transfer team have been really uh, talking up and uh, talking with. Um, spoke to his old agent uh, quite recently. Uh, he he told me it was all the way back to January. Um, Benitez quite fancied him that, that uh, January before last. Um, so it's, it's only a two-year chase uh, for Ryan mm. Fraser. Um, but I think it seems to have gone a little bit cold. But hopefully, 
it's something that you develop because I think you'd be an excellent, excellent signing at Newcastle. Joe Linton's partner is due to give birth, apparently. Um, it's one spot he can actually hit, by the sounds of it. Adam Beckett says, uh, wondering if Liam has any info on the Greek left-back. Uh, would, would, would be a good sign in a much-needed position. Yeah, we've heard a little bit about this Greek left-back. Um, everyone wanting to know news on a striker, of course. But, mm-hmm. yep, we're tightening that defence up. Um, if, if Any news on him? Look, it's a position that, like, let's not be around the bush. It's a position he cast United to meet his strength for some time. We've had lone players in that position. Um, there's only really Paul Dummett can play in a back four, a left back. And you've got Matt Ritchie if you play a back five. But they're absolutely desperate for a left back. For me, they're desperate for a right back as well. I think if they can get those kind of players cheap, then it leaves a lot of the powder dry for um, for forward acquisitions, um, one or two. Um, but the left back, yeah, it seems to be he's, he's, um, he's a player who uh, has courted quite a bit of interest um, over the last uh, year to 18 months with his performances, particularly in the Champions League. He's had a couple of performances uh, and in Europe and in the Greek division. Um, and I think he could be a reasonably shrewd addition um, for the price that he pays. But again, it's always impossible to know how these players will adapt um, when they come to the English Premier League. Um, we've just seen Liverpool sign a Greek left-back. Um, this guy's the backup effectively. Um, so I don't know. It could be one that happens, but it will be a shrewd piece of business if you're only paying three million pounds for a player on your budget. So it's only ten percent of your budget, effectively, or reported budget. So yeah, I think it would be a, it would be a solid enough signing, but it's a risk. Um, if, if you're looking at players, Newcastle have been looking. Jeff Hendricks has signed. They've been looking at players that have got Premier League experience, but you, unless it's a free transfer, as him or, or Ryan Fraser, you have to pay a premium. And we've always known that you can get probably get better value on the uh, market abroad. And I think that's probably what they're looking at now. Mm. I mean, the comments that Steve Bruce has given probably since the back end of last season about the transfer window or going back to January, the January transfer window, when clearly a lot of people felt that we needed a striker in and we seem to be chasing, you know, a, a, a centre midfield player for, for around about 30 odd million, 34, 35 million. Um, people wanted a striker then. Um, he, see, he seems to be playing down that we're looking for one. You know, it might change if Gail's injury is serious, but yeah, I mean, are we actively looking for a striker, do you think? Yes, yes, they are. They are looking for a striker. Um, it's something that been. It, it was the priority at the start of the summer, and it seems to still be a priority. But it's easier said than done. Everybody's looking for strikers. The business is all a bit strange this summer. I think um, you're still seeing players linked with um, really big moves, even though everybody's saying that they're a bit cash strapped. Um, so it's a strange. I don't really know. Um, I don't know which way the market's going to go. It could be one of those where it, it waits right at the end of the summer and then there's a big flurry of activity when people sort of clubs realise they're not going to get the same amount of money for players, etc. But we'll have to wait and see on that one. Mm, yeah, I'm Matt Slater's article about Red Bull. We're going back into the takeover side of things. Um, looks very interesting with Billy Bean behind it. The Moneyball project will be fascinating. The irony of Scudamore front in the bid. I saw that one. I mean, again... You know, it's it's an article in a newspaper, isn't it? Um, you know, Matt Slater, respected journalist, but we're not really sure of the credibility of it. We've had Pelota linked, you know, this this week as well. Um, my my phone's been very quiet. I've not heard from Michael Chopra, and obviously people asking of BN any progress on that. Um, Chopra's last tweet on this was still waiting. Um, you know, he hadn't heard anything from Newcastle. So talk about talk about Red Bull first, and and then. Maybe BN Sport. Yeah, I, I read Matt Slater's article and it is an interesting prospect. I think they, 
that that project um, would come to the Premier League. It seems like Newcastle United would fit into that model. Um, there's a few clubs that you could probably buy that would fit into that model. But um, there was, although there was veiled mentions of Newcastle United, there was never, there's no suggestion that it definitely is Newcastle United that they would look to to um, to buy. But it, it would be an exciting prospect. As for um, BNG, um, yeah, there's been some interesting developments of that over the last deal. So we've seen the Reuters stuff from Friday, which almost made a mockery of the bid in some sense, um, confirmed some of the things that I had confirmed earlier in the previous week um, and then more today um, with statements etc coming from the far east and stories that it just if you're going to try and buy a football club you want to have all your ducks in a row and it doesn't look like they've had any ducks in a row it all seems a little bit scattergun a little bit um, unprofessional um, and it's just not a good look now I'm not I'm not for one second going to say that that, that chance, chance doesn't make her up as um they seem like real people. They say they're real people. They say that bid is real. Um, but I think it's quite telling that Mike Ashley has totally 100% blanked this 280 million bid. He has not even entertained the thought of accepting, rejecting, even uh, admitting receipt of that bid. Now, that's quite telling because for a man who so desperately wants money and wants to sell a football club, you'd think he'd be in a position to be taking in any offer, Maybe coming back to them and saying, well, give us another 20 million, you can have it, or whatever it may be. Not even entertaining it, totally blanking them. Now, yeah, you, you could say either way, you could say that that could actually be a, a reflection on the, the position of the current bid. The only real bid that we've seen come in for Newcastle United be accepted and go to Premier League tests. Um, obviously, we know that's been pulled off the table, could be reduced. Um, Obviously, we don't know the, the conversations that are going on at the moment, but I think it's either a reflection on, on the legitimacy of BNG, which has been called into question, rightly so, or potentially a reflection on the fact that this bid is progressing behind the scenes. Mm, yeah, it, it's been fascinating, really. I mean, uh, someone should write a book on it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Um, Danny Welbeck, uh, look, people people really want to talk and pick your brains about... Um, players Danny Welbeck I think the, the, the problem with him is going to be wages you know plus his injury record and I think we discussed this last week he's knocked his back on numerous occasions yeah he's not to be honest he's not a player I would go for Newcastle United in the position they're at they don't want to be signing strikers who are only going to play 10-12 uh, games in the season they need to sign somebody who's going to play week in week out and is going to provide them with some kind of goal threat um, and, and for me Danny Welbeck Danny Welbeck when fit and firing is an excellent Premier League centre forward. Um, can play off the can play off wide, drop in a little bit. Um, but he's never fit, and he hasn't been, and that's why he's at Watford, and that's why his team got relegated. Because if he if he'd been fit and firing for Watford last season, he would have kept them up because he's that good a player. Um, but he was nowhere near. So I think that tells the whole story. And I, I wouldn't touch him with a barge pole. Somebody mentioned um, Daniel Sturridge. I think it was last week or the week before. Another player who's career has just been blighted by injuries that you wouldn't you wouldn't go anywhere near because we've already got one on my books now i'm a massive fan of andy carroll i always have been and this isn't a criticism of him why would you want another crock on your books why would you want somebody else who really struggles um, with injuries um, and I, I think you wouldn't mind us saying that to be honest he's he's been a lad who's been so unlucky with injuries throughout his career and um, and it doesn't seem to get any better because even last season he was fit for most of it and then when we needed him he got injured or he got injured here and there. And you no, know, I, I think um 
I wouldn't I wouldn't go anywhere near Danny Welbeck. No, me neither. Maitland Niles. Uh, it's been reported Newcastle are trying to hijack Wolves' move for Niles. A is that a player you think would you know would you know be, be a good signing for Newcastle? And any truth in that from your perspective? Um, really good signing for whoever takes him. Um, I think he's realised that his his numbers up at Arsenal. He's probably not going to get the games that he wants, but um, he's a, he's going to be a Wolves player. So I don't think it's um, I don't even think it's on the agenda. Okay, Schick uh, re- uh, rejected his last summer, preferring to go on loan to work with Nagelsmann instead of Bruce. Uh, I think that could possibly uh, play its part. Damien saying, any update on fans returning to stadiums? I think they're going to make an announcement soon, aren't they, Liam? I heard something on uh, Sky Sports tonight. Yeah, I think we're expecting an announcement. Um, I don't want to say imminently because that sounds a bit takeover, isn't it? But um, <laughs> I, think, I think we're very close to getting some kind of decision. And it looks like October. Um, and reduce capacity, which is only only going to be a good thing, um, to get some kind of fans there. I mean, I've seen reports over the weekend of talks about people not being able to sing and all this kind of thing. I think it'll be a very, it'll still be a very very strange atmosphere, and um, with everybody segregated so far apart, etc. And importantly, there's not going to be any provisions for away supporters, um, which is a it's totally understandable, um, given the travel um, and the risk. And that kind of thing, but if we're allowing people to go on holiday, we should be allowing people to travel uh, away games. I think there probably should be provision because I know some lads who, who hadn't missed a game in probably 20 years um, up to lockdown, and they're not going to even be able to watch their team. If Newcastle United aren't on Sky, Amazon, or BT, they're not going to be able to watch it. And I made a point like this over the weekend. I put a little thread together um, agree, disagree. The Premier League aren't doing anything to help their own. They make a big stance on piracy with regards to Newcastle United takeover. They're not even doing enough to help in, help piracy in their own backyard because let's not beat around the bush here. We'll not bury your head in the sand all you want, but I've seen games in pubs on illegal streams. Probably most people sitting watching this uh, video tonight will have done exactly the same. Pubs across the northeast will be showing these games um, on foreign streams. The Premier League know about this and, and and they're not doing anything to affect it. They're actually probably going to worsen it by the fact they're not allowing um, games because of money to be shown all games as they were in Project Restart. That would have been perfectly acceptable. It's just to continue what we had in Project Restart where everybody could watch their team if they want to do. There's going to be a total blackout for some games and we might only have sort of 20% of home supporters and Newcastle go to Arsenal and it's not on Sky or, or wherever then nobody's going to be able to watch that unless they go to a foreign stream at a pub uh, or their dodgy box or whatever it may be. I'm not advocating that kind of behaviour, but it's it, it goes on and, it, and it's there. And we're probably one of the worst countries for piracy going, you would imagine, because we don't... It's weird because you can sell uh, the TV rights to the Premier League to a foreign um, TV company who can then show every single game, no matter what time, whether they're all three o'clock, they'll put every single game live on the various channels or a red button, etc. And then when you come to this country, um, because they're trying to protect their, their, um, their money, you can't see your own team. So, so there'll be people all over the world watching Newcastle where there'll be a game, if it's not live on Sky, Amazon or BT, Newcastle United fans who go week in, week out, won't even be able to watch it legally. They will watch it. We all know we'll watch it, but you can't take a stance on piracy and then and then worsen a piracy situation in your own country. It just doesn't make sense. No, Matty Longstaff um, 
obviously signed a new contract, which we're all happy about. A lot of people questioning the the length of the contract, almost as if he's hedging his bets. I mean, you know, was it was it possibly anything to do with Watford going down? And you know, Udinese were probably going to loan him to Watford, and he didn't fancy a spell a spell in the Championship, and uh, he's decided to hedge his bets. Stay, he's got a bit extra money at Newcastle, and um, at least he can review it a bit. You know, review that contract again. You know, in a, in a shorter space of time. Well, look, this wasn't about money. I've said this on here before. This was about him guaranteed a career path in game time. Um, so I think there's probably a little bit of both. Newcastle United probably not 100% sure about the player because of his situation. And the player himself not wanting to uh, sort of put himself down into a four or five year deal and then still uh, be sitting next summer in exactly the same position. Um, this deal almost puts the, the power of the player and I quite like that. I quite like that he's batting himself to to make an impact in Newcastle. He wants to make an impact in Newcastle. That's why he stayed. He always wanted to stay. Um, but it wasn't about the money and all this talk of oh, he's only been offered twenty and he wants thirty, etc. The money. I don't. I'm led to believe. I don't think the money was a massive factor in this. I think the player has got a lot of self belief, as is his brother Sean. Massive self belief between those two lads, and they think they they think they can go to the top. Um, and I think the last thing he's going to want to do is sitting in your castle um, on the bench, not getting an opportunity. So why would you sign a four or five year deal if you know he can leave next summer? And he will, but Newcastle still make a little bit of money off him. So it kind of like, it was a deal that hedged the bets for both Newcastle and for um, and for the player. And, and I hope he gets an opportunity because I believe in him as well. I think he's, I think he's um, a tenacious player who's got a lot of ability. Um, and I, I really would try and find a place for him in this midfield. A lot of people asking if we've been linked with Messi yet, seeing as though he's leaving Barcelona. How many, how many times has he been leaving Barcelona? How many times? How many times has he retired from international football? He's yeah. not really. I, I think he'll still be there. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. Rich Story says, "What about uh, Michi Batshuayi uh, as an as an option? I know another one who you know would certainly enhance the squad and and put the ball in the back of the net." Yeah, it'd be great signing for Newcastle. Obviously, he's had a little bit of a stagnation over over the last eighteen months or so. But he's an excellent player. He's certainly better than what we've got, and he would be a player that I, I think they could well be interested in. Again, a lot depends on the money. Uh, a lot depends on the position Newcastle you know, get themselves in this summer. But somebody here has mentioned um, mentioned the name of the lad from Liverpool, Ryan Brewster. He'd probably be a player that's allowed to leave on loan, and it could well be a Premier League club. And he won't float the boat of many um, looking after a player to make him better for another Premier League club. But he could be one that they really push for um, if he's allowed to go out on loan. Yeah, I mean, I, I did an interview which will be on in a, uh, on at the weekend on Saturday with uh, comedian Gavin Webster. And, uh, you know, we're just talking about bargain buys and players that were picked up who went on to do well. And, it, you know, it, it doesn't always have to be a name. Look at Andy Cole. You know, Andy Cole was signed by Newcastle from Bristol City, 1.75 million. Nobody really rated him. You know, he'd been a flop at Arsenal, done quite well at Bristol, came to Newcastle. Fair enough, he was playing alongside Peter Beardsley, but an absolute fantastic player um, and, and went on to break Huey Gallagher's record so it doesn't always have to be a name that's going to set you know set everyone's hearts racing as long as it's somebody who puts the graft in and can do the job you know that that's that's really what we want you know um, the um, other thing that I wanted to talk about tonight um, you know apart from you know, essentially the Newcastle United situation is the non-league have obviously announced that fans can go back in. Great news for the non-league. Um, obviously, 
Dunson man myself. Um, you know, I know you've been down to South Shields a few times. You know, you're you know been down to watch them play as well. And uh, non-league something which we've got to support, but it's great to see fans going back in, Liam, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good. Uh, fans at that level are the lifeblood of the clubs. Um, clubs don't exist without people coming through the doors. They can't really pay their players. They can't make it a financially viable um, game at that level. So it's excellent. Um, and the sooner we can get more and more people through the doors to keep these clubs, these clubs, like I say, are the lifeblood of Northeast uh, football. The Northeast non-league football scene is absolutely thriving. It always has been. It's strong, um, full of good players, full of good clubs, good characters. Um, good football as well. It's uh, it's always entertaining. You'll know yourself going. Um, like I say, I've been to South, reasonably close to South Shields over the last few years. We're in position with the paper. Um, my missus is from South Shields, etc. Her family. So I've been to a few of their games, and and yeah, it's it's it's, it's buzzing. Northeast non-league football is absolutely buzzing, and the sooner I can get back to the position that we're in, um, just before the lockdown, I was at the game, uh, South Shields last game. Crowd was three and a half thousand. It was absolutely tremendous. Yes, that was probably a little ill, ill advised um, with hindsight. Um, given we're on the verge of a well, a pandemic that was spreading like wildfire, but it, it was just a, a fantastic um, advert for for what non league football can be. And obviously, that's one end of the spectrum. But like you said, you've got you've got clubs all over, um, clubs all over who might only get fifty, they might get a hundred, they might get you know on a good Saturday. But they need those people going through the doors. They need them buying a pie. They need them buying a, a can of pop or whatever. They need they need that. They need that coming through the door. Um, and fingers crossed, one or two far away. We don't want a second spike. Nobody does in any way, shape or form. And fingers crossed, especially for the Northeast non-league scene. Um, people asking about Morales, Edward from Celtic. I mean, you know, again... Again, would be interesting place. Chris Woods, another one that's been linked. Lots of lots of comments coming in. I don't want to put them all on the screen. Javier Hernandez, um, another one potentially. Yeah, I mean, all of these players would be great, but you know, uh, you know, I suppose Newcastle will take that time and um, you know try and get the best deal for for, for someone coming in, won't they? Edward at Celtic's the one that really stands out in that little pack that you put together. Mm -hmm. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, we've seen the lad Dembélé go back to, to France and really tear it up there at Lyon. Um, and from all, all accounts, I used to work him in Scotland, the reports I hear about Edward are that he's um, he's so much better than Dembélé. So I think he really would be um, worth a shot for anybody who wants to bring a strike rein on a reasonable, reasonable budget. I don't think he would cost the earth. Um, Morales... Someone I'd heard less good reports about, um, and I would be a little bit concerned if he was the one that they pinned their hopes on. He can be bought for a reasonable price. Um, I think it's sort of 15 16 million that Rangers are looking for him. Um, but he's a player that definitely isn't, um, isn't in the Edward category, and I think he's a player that is very temperamental, hot headed, um, and isn't a player that fits into it. He's very much a goal poacher, doesn't fit into a team doesn't work, particularly I know Stephen Gerrard has been critical in that sense, so I'd be a little bit concerned on that. And I've mentioned before, Chris Wood, um, you're going to have to break the bank to bring a Chris Wood in. He's, yeah. he's a consistent for the last two or three years for Burnley. He's a, he's a 10, 11, 9, 12, whatever goal a season, man. And that costs you. That might not that might not sound, he's a one in three man in the Premier League. That might not sound like, um, he's, not, he's not an Andy Cole, for example, as you mentioned before. But in this market, that's going to cost you a lot of money because um, there aren't that many of them around. Um, that, mm. They're not all Jamie Vardy's, etc. Going and scoring 20-odd goals at Aubameyang's. 
Um, Newcastle are looking at a totally different market. If Chris Wood's on their agenda, I would think they're probably going to have to break their budget to bring a player like that. And that's without even considering, um, you'd not be on massive wages, etc. But that's even not even considering sign on fees, wages, agent fees, etc. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think that one's a goer. Please give the video a like and give it a share, guys. Uh, we're going in extra time tonight. We're going to give you an extra 30 minutes. A lot of people asking if the show could be a bit longer, so we're going to do 90 minutes to, uh, today, so finishing at half past seven. To keep keep your questions coming in, and uh, we'll do our best to answer them. Colin Wilson says, Liam, do you think the Premier League will be worried about Chi on Wura's statement in Parliament next month? Of course, Chi has uh, set up her own petition. Uh, hasn't had as, as much traction or support as the previous one. A lot of a bit of apathy you know, among support as thinking well you know what good's it actually going to do but yeah i mean look it's 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 you know it's good work by chi and you know it'll be interesting to see what happens from that won't it look i would urge everyone uh who has the time and ability to to go and sign that petition as well i can't do any harm um and it's really positive that this conversation is still uh, ongoing and and but that was one of the big fears about the political angle in this regard with the takeover is that obviously the mps were we're in the recess, they're on holiday, etc. And it wasn't going to be something that was right on the agenda. Um, September is a different, a different case. Um, and if if uh, Chi can keep this uh, fight going with the support of Newcastle United fans, I see she said she had just under twenty thousand. Um, it would be great to think that Newcastle fans would get behind that and just give it a chance, give it another. It doesn't matter what it gets. Actually, it will be, it will go ahead, it will be debated, but. Um, just to get that big, get a big number behind it would be really positive. And 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 you know, I, I think anything that anybody's went out there and done of their own accord, um, whether that be MPs, uh, yourself, um, journalists, whatever, um, fans, it's fantastic. I think we've really shown we can make waves. Um, and I think that's something. If if this all doesn't go the way we wanted to, I think we'll be able to hold our heads high and say, you know, we had a go at this and we we made waves. It did. The waves went all the way down to ten Downing Street at one point. Um, and the waves are still continuing with people like Chi. Mm -hmm. Sean says, Liam, out of the uh, players that you've talked about and the ones that have been linked to Newcastle, which players would you like to see at the club? Um, I, I went really big on Edward. I think somebody like that, if you could bring him in, I think he'd be a fantastic signing. It's a risk. Don't get us wrong, but the reports I've heard from people, um, fellow professionals in Scotland, um, he's a fantastic player. He'd be a player I really, really want to see come in. Um, I like the idea of a Josh King as well. Um, you know what I've said on here before, I really like Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson's injury record worries us a little bit. Um, he does pick up the odd injury. Um, so I think Josh King, always now out now goal scorer, um, will be another player I would like to see added. I've mentioned Ryan Fraser because I think he's a fantastic player. I'd love to see him. Difficult to say, isn't it? I, I want to see him sign a left back and a right back. But I think we're going to have to. We're probably going to have to muscle on what we've got in the right back position. We've signed Mankiw, Kraft still on the books, and um, Yedlin. There might be talks about extending his deal. Um, I don't necessarily agree with those decisions um, because I don't think any of them are particularly good enough. Um, I, th I didn't disagree with Mankiw getting his deal. I thought he was decent last season, uh, much improved. And if you want to keep somebody as a backup, I think he's a pretty good option because he can play right or left. Um, he's quick, um, doesn't make too many mistakes, a uh, decent player, but you need to sign a proper one to play in front of him. Um, and Yedlin's not that, Kraft certainly isn't that. I'm not having Kraft in any way, shape or form. Not for me. I don't think you look good in a four. I don't think you look good in the centre. I don't think you look good in the centre in a three. 
um, or as a wing back. Nah, not, not for me at all. And I think that is a problematic position. They haven't really got a right back who's a Premier League start in Premier League quality. Um, and I don't think they've got a left back in that position as well. Because to me, Paul Dummett's a left sided centre half um, in a three. That's his best position for me. Um, he can play in, in a four as the left back because he's disciplined and solid. Um, but if you, you kind of want a little bit more than that in a Premier League uh, left back. So I think they're two problematic positions, and and you see the way Premier League football that ebbs and flows now. A lot of a lot of fullbacks are like wingers now, and you wouldn't for one second suggest Kraft and see if it, that's who it is. Kraft and um, and Paul Dummett could play on anybody's wing um, in the Premier League. Barney Castles probably. Stephen's asking, do you think the problem's shifting players out before we get players in? I mean, you know, it depends. A lot of people created this. You know, this budget, it went round. Everyone assumed we had 35 million. But in reality, nobody really knows what the budget is. And I doubt Steve Bruce will tell anybody because obviously that's going to work. You know, that's not going to go in the press. Otherwise, people are going to be, you know, looking at Newcastle and saying, right, we can take advantage of that. Yeah, definitely. I think it's one of those things that they're not going to reveal their budget, are they? Um, be the worst thing they could possibly do. Be the worst um, hand you could ever play. Um, but I think most people out there know the market that they're fighting in. Agents are talking. Um, and they're saying Newcastle United are, are uh, scraping around, scraping the barrel a bit this summer. Um, which is inexplicable to me. Um, I wanted to get onto this. Um, you see some teams spending money like it's going out of, out of fashion. Um We'll see, Leeds United have now been in the Premier League for 16 years and they've been linked with £35 million centre forwards. How? We've been in the Premier League for four years, is it now? We're solid in the Premier League. We should be we should be ahead of that and they're ahead of us already. Whenever I want to compete with the teams at the top, we've all said this before, but come on, we've got to be able to compete with the teams coming up. We're not. We're not competing yeah. with them. That, that, that old battle them and they've not even been in the league five minutes. It's inexplicable. I understand that um, the coronavirus has, has seen revenues take a hit. Now, I understand that the club wipes its own nose, which is the way that Mike Ashley wants it run. But other clubs aren't doing this. Burnley are going to go and spend money. They haven't got a big money man behind them. You've seen clubs all over the country um, improve the infrastructure. But this is this is an argument for another day. Probably we've gone on and on about this um, for years. And, it, and it's just such a shame that Newcastle United always feel like whether it be a transfer window, whether it be even a game, they always feel like a team um, who've got one hand at least tied behind their back. Whether it's a transfer battle, the race to sign whoever it may be, X, Y, and Z, you're never confident that they're going to be ahead of that race because they've always got at least one hand and probably a leg tied behind their back. Yeah, no, they do 100%. Um, Bob. Uh... Bob Ganoush says uh, Yedlin was improving under Rafa, looking good with proper management under Bruce, not so much. It does happen. I said the same about Shaw, didn't I, a few weeks ago? Yeah. Shaw, Shaw really, you know, was flourishing under Rafa, and then just, you know, just hasn't, just hasn't really looked capable of kicking a football in in some games. I've got to say, what was it Bob Ganoush? That was a canny name. Um, was yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got to disagree. I, I don't. I still think Yedlin was was very similar under Benitez. Um, I think. There were times even in the championship season that Benitez used Yedlin as a right-sided winger coming off the bench. Um, and that was because he, he, he can't be trusted defensively. Um, he, he never has been and never will. And he was slightly better, more disciplined and disciplined team. But not for me. I think um, I think Mankiw was actually probably a little bit more disciplined than Yedlin. I think Yedlin 
is all over the shop with the ball balls going over his head, etc. He never seems to judge him right. Um, gets caught out with the back post all the time. And I think um, Mancu is a bit of a compliment to them that he just makes he doesn't get in as many bad positions and doesn't make as many mistakes. Um, Yedlin's better going forward. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, but no, you, you, again, you put the three right backs together. I said this about the three centre forwards behind Gale. You probably couldn't make a good Premier League, a really very good Premier League right back if you put all three of them together because they've all got massive faults. Um, and, and I think we've been seeing this for years now. They need a left back and a striker. They need to go out and sign one. Um, sign two strikers even. But this this idea of even signing one striker is going to prove the gap. What if they get injured after six games and miss a month? What we're going to be left with? We're going to be left in the same situation. We're scrabbling around for Carroll to play two games and Joe Linton to come off the bench and then play a couple of games and not score. And it's not good enough. We need we, the, the squad needs wholesale changes, but getting rid of the players that they've stuck on good contracts who aren't good enough and they can't get rid of is going to be really difficult. Sean's asking if you think the signing of Jeff Hendricks is going to be a good deal. He's seen a lot of people on social media be negative. I mean, he's 28. Um, you know, he played over 100 games for Burnley and, you know, not a bad player, international, Irish international. Um, but, you know, what, what's your view? I mean, we should be getting him at the peak of his the peak of his time, shouldn't we? Peak of his career. I think he's a player with a lot to prove. I don't think he really ever stepped up from Derby to Burnley. I don't think he ever really stepped up his performances. And I think um, because of his versatility, there wasn't really a place for him in that Burnley side. He came in when somebody else wasn't playing but always ended up playing most of the games if he was fit. Um, at Newcastle, I think he'd be coming here wanting to really prove a point. And I think, for me, I don't know this on any information, but I do. I had heard that he's desperate to become, well, go back to the player that he was at Derby. He wants to play in the middle. He doesn't want to be playing in this sort of inverted inside right position that he played and filling a gap for Burnley for most of the season. He doesn't even particularly, I don't think, want to play the number 10 off the front row that he played in the first. Well, when Burnley finished seventh, he was quite prominent in that position. He wants to be a, he wants to play in midfield that like he has for Ireland. He wants to be. And, and I think that's why he's probably had the word from Newcastle that um that you're gonna you're gonna get a chance to shine there. Now, um the midfield, you would say um Shelby on his day is probably a given in that position. Um, we've talked about Matty Longstaff. He's probably going to be fighting it out with an Isaac Hayden as well. Um, I think he's got the ability to potentially be an upgrade on an Isaac Hayden. I'm not going to say he will be, but I think he can be. And I also think he's a player who can come in um, and do a job with Armour and players as well in this team. Um, so yeah, I think he's I think he's got the potential to be a good sign. And I would I would class it in. He's not a signing that's going to take you from where you are bump you up the division, but he's going to be a solid player. I would almost describe him and put him in the Matt Ritchie kind of category, that he's a really good, solid, hard-working, good professional, good Premier League player. Yeah, Josh Blakey asking if uh, Steve Nixon had any input on Rafa's replacement. Definitely not. Um, that was down to Mike Ashley's lieutenant, um, Lee Charnley. Um, you know, he had his list and uh, I think he worked his way down to 11th before he... Yeah. Before he got, you know, before he got anywhere, and I think Bruce approached the club anyway. I think that was the story that was doing the rounds. Uh, Luke says, "Be honest, lads. When was the last time you were excited for a transfer window?" That's a great question. <laughs> um, probably when, probably when Rafa first came for me, because uh, I thought, you know, I thought Mike Ashley wouldn't be stupid enough not to back him. But then, uh, you know, should have should have known better, really. Um, but other than that, you probably got to go back to the days of Sir Bobby, haven't you? 
I think uh, I think you're right. Benitez won. Um, I was dead excited going into that January in the championship. I really thought um, he was going to get backed from above and bring in the players that he had lined up to bring in that January. We could have had um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek on a loan deal, potentially extended in the next season. We could have had Andros Townsend if Mike Ashley had dug deep. And those are players that Rafa Benitez wanted to sign, not just because he wanted to gain promotion and win the championship. He wanted to sign them and they were ready-made Premier League players, so he didn't have to sign them again in the summer. I was really excited for that window. And I think that's probably in recent years the most disappointed I've ever been when uh, that window slammed shut, when Townsend never signed. Uh, Loftus-Cheek went well before that. But that was one of the ones that really um, really stuck with me. That I was Because of the summer that had gone before, where he'd been given um, absolute reign over who he signed and what age they were, and he brought in players, some of them good, some of them bad, Daryl Murphys, um, etc. Kieran Clarks, these kind of players who turned out to be good players, maybe Grant Hanley and some others weren't, Ashraf Azar, uh, Dwight Gale, Matt Ritchie. That summer, January the pre- that went after it, was one that I was quite excited because I, I thought Benitez knows exactly what he needs to win this division now um, and he'll cherry-pick those players and that'll get work over the line. As it happens, uh, Ashley took the approach that you've got enough and you don't need anybody and that was when the that was when the seeds were sown of, of the Benitez demise um, I say demise. It was none of his own fault, really. But that was the that was the, the cracks began in that January, and I don't think I've ever really been excited for a transfer window since. You know, what, last summer was when it got going. Last summer was all right because it was quite quick fire. Um, players signed quickly, unknowns, bit of excitement. Then the Andy Carroll right at the end. I think it was quite. It felt like a decent summer. Um, just a shame the jewel in the crown was um, anything but. Um, in the forty million pound player that they signed, um, yeah, five players, five centre forwards from League Two who would have done a better job at times last season. Um, but we've got a whole faith that he's got to come. He's got to come good. He's got to give something. He's got to give a little bit more. He's had a year to adapt now, uh, more than a year. He's had longer than he normally would have in a first season um, to adapt to English football. So he's got to come out all guns blazing. Otherwise, I think it'll be really difficult for him when crowds come back um, to the English game because. People, people can kind of forgive a little bit of um, difficulty in a first season. But if you don't step it up, as, say, Colaccini, uh, uh, um, Enrique or somebody like that who struggles in a first season, then really kicks on. We need to see something like that from Joe Linton. Jack Sparrow says, uh, what do you guys think of reports about Hayden not wanting to sign another contract? I mean... Been down this road before with Hayden, haven't we? A little bit, um, you know, family issues, etc. Under Rafa, and then a huge U-turn when Steve Bruce came in and suddenly was wanting to stay and was enjoying his time up here. But uh, I, you know, is the news on that? No, I like I like um, Isaac Hayden as a player. Um, I think he's a really a decent Premier League pro. Um, I do think because of the lack of quality in Newcastle United side, and this isn't critical of anybody out there, I do think a lot of people go over the top. Um, with regards to what he gives to the side, he's a good tackler. He gets stuck in. Um, he's got good energy. I, th- I don't think he actually. Um, I don't think he does enough with the ball. Um, I think we've seen at times um, under Benitez, he was operated on the right side in some ways, bursting forward and scored a couple of goals doing that. I think he can play that role a little bit better, and he should be a bit more of a box-to-box player, but isn't. Obviously, that's down to the managers and the way he's um, used and played. But. He's only got a year left. If he's not going to leave now, then I suspect there'll probably be some kind of negotiation. I think he probably will sign um, a small extension. Could be another Matty Longstaff type thing. 
But I think um, I think the players expecting to leave next summer have got difficult decisions to make because clubs won't want to um, tie them down too long because a lot of managers, a lot of clubs haven't had a time enough time to bring new players in and make decisions on these players. So I think I think Hayden would be a, a loss in many ways because he's a solid pro, but he's another player that you would think if you could try and improve on in the team, you probably would. Yeah, David Little saying did Hayden have issues with Rafa? Not to my knowledge. I don't think uh, I don't think he did. Uh, Messi has put a transfer request in, according to Josh Blakey, Association Press, running the story now. Um, so uh, obviously Coleman going in and making uh, making his uh, first move. Uh, Judy Baker asking if anyone's seen Maurice. Um, yeah, that's another story that's come out, isn't it? That um, he's got five hundred thousand pound legal be- uh, legal fees. Um, and and I saw one journalist running a story saying that Mike Ashley was a little bemused about that. But um, yeah, it just seems just a, another another easy story to write about uh, our our pal Henry. You know, go on, get it off. Nah. You know, nah. <laughs> no, I've decided. I've decided it's childish. <laughs> I think we've all we've all seen this from the start. It's it's happening now with B and G. Um we've seen this over the years, so oh he's there, there he is. <laughs> yeah. We've seen it so many times. Um and it isn't just anything that we can say this summer. We've seen it over previous summers with um Mike Ashley's word, tire kick tire kickers, that's what he calls them. Um Henry Morris just didn't look good from the start. Um, BNG looked even less uh, legitimate as the days go on. Um, but no, there's only one bid in town, isn't there? There's one bid in town. It's the only one that Mike Ashley's ever accepted for the football club. It's the only one he's ever uh, backed all the way to the Premier League tests. And he's still fighting for it. He still wants that deal because he wants the money. Um, it's It's the one deal that matters. It's the one deal we don't want to talk about. It's the one you don't want to hear about. It's the one that, that it's gone silent and you're frustrated about. I get that. Um, but we've never been at this position. We've never been this close to pushing him over the edge. Um, and he wants to go. He wants to jump. But that final hurdle, we'll kind of, we'll kind of get away from the Premier League or stand in the way. And Hopefully something can happen on that front, but it's not going to be Henry Morris, is it? It doesn't look like it. We'd seen talk of 350 million bid. And that was the words, bid, and that was months ago. Look at words exclusive. Was it? I couldn't remember who'd written it, to be honest. Um, a bid. A bid's a big thing to say. Like, oh, we're talking about a bid, a putting together of a bid. Um, but no, we're actually talking about a figure, a 350 million bid, um, which was incredible at the time. Nobody understood it. Um, and we understand it less now. Um, why would he want to pay 350 million when he knows that Mike Ashley's desperate? You wouldn't do that, would you? You certainly wouldn't lowball at like 280, like the BNG. Um, but you certainly would. Um, you would you would come in a bit closer, wouldn't you? You'd, you'd say, oh well, I'll bid the same as what they did, or maybe it's just a touch less and see what he says. And if he didn't entertain it, you'd go a bit higher. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't be bidding three hundred fifty million. It's crazy stuff, and we've all seen that from the start. Um, yeah, that's one that's really fooled Newcastle United fans. Now I'm not doubting he's a real person. I'm not doubting Clear TV have um, confirmed to fellow journalists out there that that they are real, uh, legitimate, um, and they are interested. Um, but it's one thing saying all this and the talk, and another thing's actions. And the only people who've put their talk into actions has been Amanda Stavey, uh, PCP, uh, the Ruben Brothers and uh, the PIF. 
Um, they're the only people who have backed up the talk, which we've seen um, coming up in January. I think it was FA Cup fourth round day, Oxford, was they broke in the American um, financial titles that they were interested in this. And they're the only people who've backed that kind of talk up with a bid and got it to this point. Um, obviously, we know uh, well reported why we're in the position that we are, but they're the only one who really deserve any any real um, legitimacy um, in the press, uh, in the fan base, because they're still there. How there they are is, is what we'll find out, I think, over the next few weeks and months. Um, and how close they can push it. But, yeah, I think Morris and BNG are ones. I'd love them to prove us wrong. I'd love them to both come out and, and, and come out fighting and put a proper bid in because we want rid of Mike Ashley. If you're willing to take our football club and improve it, we are all welcoming of that. Come and come and buy the football club. You couldn't have a more welcoming fan base. Um, we're just desperate for change. Um, so... Talk talk's cheap, isn't it? We've all seen that in every every sport. Talk was cheap. Uh, people's got to um, back it up with the punches. And can they do that? I'm I'm, I'm very doubtful. And Newcastle United fans up there are right to be skeptical too. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of people are saying that um, they felt that Maurice's bid and BN were were put up by Qatar. I mean, obviously there's no proof in that, but it wouldn't surprise us. Um, you know, if that was the case, Dan Milne asking if Richard Keyes has come out of hiding, David Little having a bit of a pop at you saying, I don't know how Liam can defend Luke Edwards. I haven't defended them on this show tonight, but I mean, it's not professional to be, you know, for, for you know, for Liam to be having a pop at, at Luke. It's it's all right for me to do it. And, um, you know, if he is watching the night or he does catch this, like, I just want to tell him it doesn't count when you block somebody after you've been blocked on Twitter. I definitely blocked you first, Luke. Um, not that I'm being childish. Uh, Alan Miller said, um, "Thing is, there won't be a takeover before the start of the season. I think Bruce is trying to assemble a team to try to consolidate NUFC's position. I think January is make or break for Newcastle." Uh, yes, Ronnie. He said that uh, Messi wants to leave Barca. Jack says, "Does anyone think the silence with a takeover regarding PIF is a good sign?" Sorry, but to be asked, it has. Yeah, we do. We do think that's the case. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's. It's just ongoing, uh, you know. The, the, a lot of people asking about the the takeover again, and you know, is is the is the silence promising? We covered it at the start of the show. You know, for us, yes, hundred percent. We do believe that there's something going on behind behind the scenes, and I think you will hear from Amanda Stabley and PCP. You know, if it goes through, they'll be on the pitch holding a scarf. You know, flag, shirt, whatever, telling you that the deal's done. And if uh, you know, if it collapses, then they'll come out and tell you why. It's as simple as that. So it's a case of sitting down and waiting until you know that that statement comes either way. And I think once that once that's done, you know, we we can move on. Um, whether that's with new owners or whether that's again trying to attract a new a new buyer, that would be great. Alan White says we never give our youngsters a chance. Look at Mbabu and Tony will be improvement on what we have. Yeah, I mean, I talked about this briefly last night with the girls. Um, we don't give youth a chance. I mean, Bruce gave Longstaff that opportunity. I mean, Sean Longstaff, you know, got his opportunity with Rafa. That was more down to injuries rather than. And wanting to play Sean Longstaff, if I remember rightly, and Sean came in and grabbed his opportunity. Matty, of course, got the opportunity to come in with Steve Bruce. But yeah, you know, we do seem to bring players, young players to the club and very rarely do we see them break through, do we? There were two mentioned in that one there, Mbabu and and Tony. And I'll put Armstrong and Blackburn into that as well. That they're players that Benitez just didn't fancy. and, And that's, I think... I think it's a shame because I see talented players in all of them, and Babu was never fit enough really 
um, never really got much of a chance because when he when he was available, um, there wasn't a place for him, and when we needed him, he was never fit. Um, and he was one of those that I don't think they felt they could rely on when they dropped down um, for the championship and let him go. Ivan Tony was a player that um, I think probably should have should have got a chance. It's easy to say with hindsight. I felt that at the time. Um, and he's turned out to be a decent player. I think he is a decent player, but he's probably a better player than now than he would have been if he'd stayed at Newcastle because he's got more games. He's went out and made his mistakes, learned his trade, scored goals, and, and got a good move. Um, Armstrong's another one. I think he's a player that had to leave Newcastle United to go and to go and learn his trade and, and really make a name for himself. But they're, they're players that, if they'd been managed right and looked after, probably could have made decent players at Newcastle United. Um, we'll probably never find that out. Um, but it's it's all managers. If a manager, that's fair enough. Benita signed enough good players and did enough good things in Newcastle that you, you forgive those kind of things. Every manager, whether it's Alex Ferguson, uh, Jose Mourinho, Pep Guardiola, make bad decisions. Um, and sometimes they're for the right reasons. He, he just didn't think they fitted in his team. Um, and that's the way it goes. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's easy by hindsight to look back and say, oh, we should have kept on to those three players. But I didn't really see many people shouting from the rooftops when any of them were let go. And Babu probably was the one that people thought, oh, because he had that run of games where he came in, did really well against the likes of Chelsea and others. Um, but I, I didn't see many people shouting from the rooftops when Ivan Tony was let go. Half a million or whatever it was. Um, and like I say, it's easy by hindsight to look back and say, well, they should have. But he would have been a good option, to be honest. You see Premier League mm-hmm. Championship, well, that's probably the market we're going to be looking in. So he would have been a good player to already have on your books, but it's not to be. Um, he's not the first, he'll not be the last. Mm. Tune Mad asking, why do we need to hear the deal's already off? Tune Mad, look, there is something going on in the background, 100%. I'll categorically tell you that is definitely the case. Um, you know, that is why we, you know, we are still talking about the takeover. Um, you know, there is still an opportunity for PIF to come back to the table. The Premier League are welcome that, um, as long as certain things uh, in the boxes that they need ticked are ticked. So that's why we that's why we continue to talk about it. I saw somebody ask there, have we got a fantasy football team? No, we are on Facebook. Um, and, you know, we, we set that up a couple of months ago. Um, well, no, we set that up at the start of the season, actually. Just uh, if you if you just find NUFC Matters on Facebook, join the group. Uh, it's probably the best one. There's over four and a half thousand people on there now. Uh, got a good, a lot of good banter on there. A lot of stuff getting shared on there. And uh, by all means, jump on the Facebook NUFC uh, matters, and we're on there. We've also got a page on there, not as interactive on the page, but we have to have one. Uh, but yeah, get yourself on there. Um, please do. Dave Avery uh, says, "Do you think that the spamming in the Premier League is a useful tool, or it's just upset the Premier League even more, Liam?" Uh, no, I think it's worked. I think mm-hmm. um, me too. As long as you keep it within, uh, as long as you keep it clean, keep it legal, um, yeah, I think it's really worked. I think, mm. uh, I think the fan movement, social media, like I said, I think we've really, I say we, because I'm a fan as well. I think everybody who's really put that little bit in has made waves. We really have. There hasn't been any clubs done anything remotely like what we've done in the last uh, six to eight weeks. It's been an absolute incredible. Um, I say 68, it's probably only been three to four. It's felt like 68. Um, but yeah, it's been incredible. Keep keep up the messaging, keep up the it's getting to people. Um, so I remember speaking to the Premier League a few weeks back, and there was almost like an exasperation. This was before their statements that, that this movement was going on. It was almost like they didn't want to look a note of want to 
oh, what's he said today, and what's what's that MP saying? And, and it, there was a, there was a real, um, I, I describe again as exasperation. They were really moved by what had happened. Um, now, does that mean that they would change decisions or whatever? No, I don't think it is. But I would I would like it to be known to people out there, having spoken to people there, that it, what you were doing was having an impact. And I think the blocks, um, people are being blocked left, right, and centre. Now, I don't advocate that if you've said something that you shouldn't say. Fair enough. But as long as you're doing it legally and, and keeping it clean, then then that's fair enough. I think I think it's impacting on the Premier League sponsors. I think we've seen tag, uh, blocking people left, right, and centre. Great watches, but they certainly don't like the don't like the um, the banter from Newcastle United fans, and that's okay as well. Keep it up. It, it is making a difference. Um, there's only so long you keep it up. I get that. Um, but if you feel like you're doing your you better than carry on because it does make a difference and it is making a difference it has throughout this process yeah a lot of people saying george has been very quiet i mean he's been very active all the way through the takeover to be fair and some people will be on holidays and and having a little break i mean i've i've been on twitter i've been promoting on twitter but i've got to be honest i've uh I haven't really been as active, to, you know, talking about the takeover and, and and messaging backwards and forwards, and that's really, you know, just through my own choice. Um, you know, I don't think there's a great deal we can say. You know, as I've said, you know, every week, you know, um, over the last couple of weeks, we'll, you know, we'll wait and see what happens. Now, you know, ultimately, I, I'm pretty sure it's still it it still will go ahead at some point. That that's still my feeling. Uh, what did you make of the Champions League final result, Liam? Says Mike. Oh, Liam, we've, we've lost you. His Wi-Fi's given in. See whether we can get him back on. Is, is Messi joining Man City? You never know, Rafa Benitez is God. It should be interesting to see uh, that does happen. Liam was having problems with his internet at the start of the show. So I think um, we've lost him for good. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut the show uh, short. Um, no, no, he's back. Hold on. Bear with us. Two seconds. He's back. There he is. Liam, how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Got it sorted. Yeah. Okay. We've got 10 minutes to go, mate. If it cuts off again, you know, we, we can just call it a day. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, uh, we're just, just looking back through all of these comments. You know, a lot of people talking about Messi potentially coming to the Premier League. Uh, Man City um, potentially could be yeah. the team that gets him. I mean, that would be fantastic if he joined Pep at Man City, purely from a football point of view and a football fan's point of view. But there's been talk of uh, Juventus signing them as well. I did see that. Uh, recently, be linking up the two greatest footballers that some people see into the same team. That would also be some sight, but I think bringing up the Premier League would be great. Um, and it would just it would just continue that debate because we've seen Ronaldo go to Spain, go to Italy, go to the Premier League, in Portugal, and he's done it everywhere that he's gone. Um, it would be nice to see Messi um, do something somewhere else, come to the Premier League, for example, or even Serie A, and really light it up. Um, I think that would. Um, it would definitely mean history in a lot of ways would reflect uh, better on the player because I always think history reflects less well on players who stay at one club or, or don't achieve things in international level, which he hasn't and Ronaldo has. So, yeah, we're getting on a whole different debate here. But, um, yeah, I think I think it'd be good. But, again, I've seen it all before. He said he wanted to leave Barcelona a million times um, and he never has. So we'll, we'll wait and see on that one, to be honest. 
Yeah, imagine seeing Messi on St. James's Park. That would be nice. Uh, BN Group announced Ronaldo and Messi to sign for Newcastle. Cue somebody doing the old Photoshop. Did you see the one of Hendricks yesterday with uh, that yeah. was knocking around uh, Twitter with Barack Obama next to him? Oh, I thought yeah. that was, yeah, that yeah, was that hilarious. Was real? It was real. Sam yeah, Sam West asking if uh, the petition got anywhere. I think, Sam, the, the original petition, the idea by the, the supporter, essentially, um, was to get it out there, wasn't it? And just to, just to create a buzz and, and to get fans motivated. And it, and it certainly worked. And it got a lot of political a lot of political interest, which, of course, was then followed up by NUST, who got people to write to their MP. So the answer to your question is, yes, it did get somewhere. Um, and it, it's got Newcastle United's plight in the current situation noticed. The, the, the numbers that it reached um, really made it significant. Now it, it, it could have got any number, um, and it might not have been it might not have been looked at by anybody. But that wasn't the point of it. It pulled everyone together, and it showed that there was real strength um, behind this argument. That people wanted that transparency. They wanted this takeover process looked at again, and they wanted the Saudis to be um, the new owners of Newcastle United. And, and that petition, because of the numbers, the 100 plus thousand that signed it, really um, gave weight to MPs, for example, from this area who were going to MPs higher up the food chain, Boris Johnson, etc. Gave them weight to say, look, there's a lot of people behind this. Um, we want answers. And I think it did. I think despite there's been no tangible um, progress to report, it did make a difference. That's all I can say. And, and, and anything like that can make a difference. And, and everybody who signed that, Everybody who supported it um, deserves a pat on the back because we've really made waves in this country. Yeah, I think a great effort by Newcastle fans and didn't expect uh, you know anything anything else. Uh, Tom says the Peter Crouch video was brilliant. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I retweeted that yesterday. I don't know whether you've seen that. The guy playing the guitar, um, absolutely, absolutely hilarious. If you want to laugh, watch that. Messi will only get his head turned by Newcastle, says Kirk. Um, the PIF have announced that they've pulled out of the consortium, but the consortium have not pulled out of the deal. They need PIF back or new backers. Yeah, look, it's you know, it, it's academic that. You know, the contact that they've had over the years with PIF, I assure you that there is things going on in the background. I assure you that is definitely going on. So we'll see what happens. Lots of people now just seeing great show. Uh, really, really, you know, happy with it. BN will probably boast about signing Jimi Hendrix, the top <laughs> Jeff Hendrix. Yeah, good play on words. Whoever video that guy falling over as well. Yeah, get him involved. Get him to do the yeah. Uh, get him to do the, the the team coming out music. Whoever signs Messi, the fee that they'll pay will be covered by shirt sales, especially if it's Man United. Yeah, link with Man United and Man City. Mike Stewart, thanks for great show, lads. Uh, Josh says, could it be that Amanda wanted the petition in part to show PIF how much the fans want them to buy the club? I'd imagine they were pretty pissed off with the antics of the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, Josh, that's part and parcel of Amanda's. You know, rallying call, I suppose. You know that um, you show show the Saudis, you know, how much Newcastle fans want it, and to have over a hundred and ten thousand on a signature on a petition tells you, you know, how desperate the Newcastle fans are for change. Yeah, very much so. We've said it before many a time on here. Um, the efforts of Newcastle United fans didn't go unnoticed. The the consortium, the buyers were watching every step of the way this going on, um, looking at the hashtags, etc., monitoring this um, and everything you said um, mattered and was heard loud and clear, whether that be in Riyadh, whether that be in, in London, whether that be with the Roombas, whoever, it was heard and, and, it, and it made a difference, it really did. 
Yeah, massive, massive difference. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, from our perspective, you know, it, it does it does help, you know, in the long run. Little Musgrave says Messi confirms his long-term desire to play under his football idol, Steve Bruce. Yeah, watch this, sp- watch this space. Has Messi got a release clause? Yeah, I think somebody posted that before. 631 million, I think it was his uh, release clause. I'm not sure whether that's true. NUFC was at the televised game. Stably attending, you could see Mbabu on the bench. Yes, uh, we're talking about why Mbabu moved on. Um, somebody's saying that uh, he didn't observe the silence for Hillsborough. Um, again, that's alleged uh, Alleged from, from our perspective. If that's the case, you know, interesting to see, you know, if that, that was, was the case, why he was moved on. Mark, Steve, great. don't get balls tingling with words like that. I assure you. <laughs> Jason Carlos, is always great to hear Liam's insight and knowledge. Great show as always, Steve. Thank you. Jack Thank says... You. Uh, uh, great show, lads. First time I viewed this one. I'll be back next week. Take care. Stay safe. Only Castle fans worldwide. But uh, yeah, look, it's it, it, it's it's great that we've managed to get through ninety minutes, more or less, and uh, you know, keep keep fans, you know, keep fans entertained. Which I still think it was the whole point of us doing this, wasn't it? Just keep trying, keep them informed, show them that people who work in the press aren't all, you know, un, untouchable and and you know are willing to have a bit crack. And and you you know, the one thing that you're you're open to is criticism, Liam. You know, you you know you you put your head above the parapet as a journalist, and from your perspective, you you know you 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 you're giving your opinion, but you're getting your opinion from people who you trust in. And you know, you know, from from my perspective, I think you do a great job, mate. No, I really appreciate that, Steve. I love this though. Um, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't be sitting here now, spending an hour and a half on me Tuesday night doing this kind of thing if it, I didn't love it. I love the interaction. We have a big crack. We enjoy it ourselves. Um, but the interaction with the fans is incredible. Um, there's been so many people watching this over the weeks. It's really blown me away, to be honest, that people have been that interested in in the rubbish that I spout most of the time. Um, <laughs> and me. Yeah, it's just it's it's really blown us away, and, and it's it, keep keep. Watching, keep letting us know, get in touch on Twitter, etc. Um, if you like what we do, um, subscribe to this channel. Um, it's not just this kind of thing on a Tuesday. Steve's got the brilliant show last night with the girls. He does the stuff on a Friday night, the three amigos, which was absolutely incredible last week. I tuned in that and watched it. And he does all the little bits and bobs as well. Some crime stuff, some some outlandish stuff, the 5G, the David Icke, all that kind of thing. Um, there's plenty of interesting stuff to keep you keep you entertained and, and hopefully uh, everyone still enjoys what we do. Try to give you that little bit of little bit of insight, little bit of perspective from the press box. Um, soon, well, hope, fingers crossed, we're going to be back in the press box very, very soon. Um, don't know how that's going to play out, but yeah. Uh, from my perspective, I love doing it. Uh, keep in touch and, and, and see if you can get, um, you guys can maybe have a look at my podcast. We do our own podcast on a Wednesday, which is the mouth of the time uh, with the Shields Gazette. Um, more of this kind of thing. We've had Steve on as well. Probably get him on again soon. Um, and probably a few of his other guests as well. Um, yeah, so, yeah, great stuff. We, we love we love doing this. Um, and we do for you as well, just to keep you entertained, keep you informed, as, as Steve said. Uh, give, a, give a shout out, as always, mate, to, to, to where people can find you, etc. Yeah, so you'll find me on Twitter mainly, um, at LiamJKennedy23. Um, give us a follow. Um, and if you like what I do, um, we work where people people have this view of the industry that it's all about clicks. It's all about um, getting people in with clickbait headlines. I'm not about that. We don't do that. Um, the Shield Gazette, we're based on a, a subscription model. 
which gives me that little bit more time, a little bit more freedom to to write more things I wouldn't normally be able to. Um, and if you really enjoy the type of thing that I write, this kind of comment on here, um, then subscribe. Um, it's not, it doesn't cost the earth. Good journalism um, costs money now. It, it never. It's it's been a strange world whereby you just pick it up for free. You never got a paper for free from the paper shop, but for about 10, 15 years, you got everything for free online. It's not. The industry's changing now. Um, so give it a subscribe. I think it's a pound for the first two months. It's nothing. Uh, it's a bag of sweets from the shop. Um, and you get all the great content. You get great content. Sunland content, if that's what you're interested in, having a laugh. Uh, Middlesbrough content. <laughs> Hartlepool, that's not the content itself. It's actually excellent. I'm just meaning the club. Um, Hartlepool, Middlesbrough, we do we do all of that and other sports as well. So so yeah, give yeah. it a subscribe and you'll be you get free access to all of that. Big shout out to the West Cumbrian Mags. Uh, thanks for watching, mate. Uh, Jack, yes, um, we can definitely squeeze you in this Sunday. If you want to send us a message on Facebook, that would be great. Uh, happy to get you on. Uh, I've got uh, I've got the Canadian contingent on this weekend on Sunday. Uh, I think there's four of them joining us on the one link, um, which which should be which should be interesting. And tomorrow night it's Super Mac only. Gibbo's having a week away, uh, so he won't be he won't be with us tomorrow. Lee Clark is going to be doing it on Thursday, and then we will be back to uh, the three amigos on Friday, Saturday. I'm not doing a live one. I've got um, let's see, I think we've got Steve Harmison on on Saturday. I've done a couple of I've done a few pre-records, some really great shows. I've done one with Gavin Webster, the comedian. I've done one with Steve. Harmison, uh, the cricketer. Uh, some of the some of the Brandon's already been done. So Steve Harmison, big Newcastle fan, Ashes winner. Uh, we we'll talk about his memories with Newcastle United, and uh, it's a cracking interview. Really enjoyed doing it. I've also interviewed um, Peter Hooten, a uh, good pal of mine, who's the lead singer of the Farm. Uh, something a little bit, you know, wide left, really, because he's obviously been involved in fan movements in Liverpool. So talked. We talked about the music, talked about the farm. Um, it was actually 30 years to the day since I'd actually interviewed him the first time as a young fanzine. So it was it was amazing to go back to, to, to that interview, do it online, of course. But um, he was talking about fans and, and how other fans from other clubs see Newcastle fans. And, you know, it was, it was a fascinating interview. It's well worth a watch. But, yeah, we've got a whole host of interviews lined up over the next uh, over the next few weeks. A lot of people asking about Michael Chopra. He won't come on, obviously, until, you know, whatever happens, happens. Um, and Steve Howie, people asking about him. I think once the pressure's off the Premier League, we'll get Steve back on. He uh, doesn't really want to come on at this moment in time whilst uh, everyone's sending abuse to the Premier League. I don't think it's a great idea, considering he works. Uh, Jason asking about David Batty. Mate, he's a recluse. Nobody nobody really sees him. He's turned up uh, he turned up once, I think, at an event over the last 30 years. But um, he said once he dropped out of football, he would drop out of it forever. He would drop out of the public limelight. So uh, so that would be it. Jack Sparrow, love it, lad. I'll grab Mick, who knows you, and we'll double drop from Cyprus. Harmy, top Ashton, lad. Great stuff, yeah. Uh, we'll get you one on Sunday, mate. That would be great. Okay, I've got to go. I've got a Zoom chat with somebody. And uh, Liam's got to go off and uh, get his tea and sort his internet out for next week. He said he's going to get it sorted yeah. out. Get his router sorted out. <laughs> but uh, please give it a like please give it a share uh, as Liam said and uh, get, get following Liam on social media as well but we'll be back next Tuesday take care